0: Hello, and welcome to the Cash News Podcast. Informative conversations about all things currency and cash. We'll share insights on the issues affecting the world of cash today, like cash security, payments technology, and the cash supply chain. Your hosts, Tom Meehan and Sean Ferrari, hope to inform industry professionals and support better cash security and management by sharing the latest information on trends, strategies, and technology. This is the cash news podcast. Now, here's Tom and Sean.
1: Welcome to Episode two of the cash news podcast where we talk about everything currency and cash. I'm Tom Meehan, I'm one of the co-hosts here. And today we have a very special guest. But before we get to that, I'm gonna turn it over to my esteemed co-host, Sean.
2: Thank you, Tom. As always, it's a pleasure chatting with you uh, every week about kind of what's going on in the, the cash and currency payment space. For those, again, I'm, I'm Sean Ferrari, the Global Cash Product Director here at Currency Research. You know, it's been a, a fun time for us trying to get back into the, into the groove. We've gone virtual with many of our, our activities, and taking the time over the course of the pandemic to really dig into some, some research topics and get some reports out there. Um, but like everyone in the industry, we've had a series of challenges weathering through this. Uh, and we're, we're really excited to, to get back out there at the end of this year with some, some events. But we really wanted to kind of capitalize on this episode and, and talk to our, our president and CEO, Jens. Uh, hey, Jens, how are you doing? Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. No, it's, uh, it's our pleasure. You know, we're, we're trying to stay on top of everything going on out there in, in cash and payments um, and as I was just saying, the journey through this pandemic has really maybe accelerated some changes in the industry, made some some folks even think about doing things differently uh, or different areas of the payments world to, to get involved in. And we're no exception here at, at Currency Research. We've we've adjusted a bit of our focus and, and how we operate. And we thought uh, it would be great to, to chat with you a little bit today about some of these changes going on. So So thanks for... Joining us, I know it's uh you're over in Germany. It's a little later in the day, and and we're we're recording on a Friday, so uh, I hope you don't mind leading off your weekend with this discussion.
1: <laughs>
2: so maybe just kind of as I was talking, it'd be great to kind of get some of your your thoughts on you know maybe from a from a currency research perspective how it how it's been kind of getting through these past few months. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of folks know us as a as we are a, you know a, a leading uh, conference and an event provider uh, in in this space, and it hasn't been an year for that industry so maybe just a few words there and and how you think we're positioned going forward and how it's been going through this well you're you're saying in the last few months actually (laughs) more, more than a year now
0: uh that we've quite literally been grounded in this business and uh you can probably see there my uh, my annual planner behind me, where normally this would be filled with lots and lots of different conferences and places to travel to. And uh, it was actually last year, 2020, in March, I think the last time I set foot on a, an airplane. And that's the same for many, many and probably most people around the world. I know that in some regions, uh, things have been opening up again and people got back on planes. And I think the U.S. now, especially with its uh, vaccine programs, is really getting back to some kind of normalcy there as well. But in, in most parts of the world, we're still grounded and it's, it's been tough. You can tell that people, and I include very much myself in that, um, are getting itchy feet and they want to be out there again. And as much as we enjoy these Zoom calls and talking to each other on phones virtually, it is just not the same thing. What we're hearing from uh, our clients, uh, both the, the partners and sponsors we work with, but also the delegates that typically come to our conferences is they can't wait for things to open up again and um, be together in the same room with people and, and have these chance encounters that you just don't get in in an environment like this. I mean, you don't accidentally bump into someone in a Zoom call. It just doesn't
2: happen, right? No, right. Unless, uh, who is it that, I guess a lot of the the stars out there, right, are just dropping into people's Zoom calls and like, oh, hello, I'm, uh, I have not had that happen to me and I don't expect it to happen here. But if (laughs) Timberlake or something pops up, you know, (laughs) we've been video bombed or whatever. But yeah, no, you're right. There are very few chance encounters. And I think we've seen that even beyond chance encounters as we've done our Virtual series of events over last summer, and we're continuing to to do some now, and the kind of the not larger conferences, but more webinar series type events. I've kind of summarized it as they they've worked great for kind of information dissemination and and education purposes, but as you were saying, the networking piece just isn't there. Absolutely, yeah. you can reach out
0: and you can see who else is on and and you try and connect, it's just not as easy. And uh, it's even with video conferences now, yes, you can read some some mimic and, and gestures of people. But It's not the same as being in the same room and, and having a, a much deeper conversation and also um, getting some stuff done. I think that's so much harder on video calls as well. Uh, We're sitting down in a room, work things out, get it on is it just it comes more naturally to people it's harder to do that on video calls i'm definitely looking forward to get back into this and when I mean, i'm not telling you uh, that as new but everybody else is listening in um, we're going to Start again with uh, some of our conferences in the last quarter this year, and then we're going to have our what we have got the super conference next year in uh, February in Washington, which I'm really looking forward to, where we're combining our banknote and currency conference into a single big conference, and we're we're working on a few bits on on the uh, sidelines as well. Some really great
2: stuff happening there, and everybody's getting the buzz again, and we're getting excited, which is great. Yeah, indeed, and I I think you know maybe onto one of those bits. I mean, I think we've at the end of that super conference, which is becoming more and more super every day, it seems. It'll be a, a full week of fun. So for those of people coming, uh, you know, we are, it, it's going to be draining. I think it's it's different. I know as we're not used to traveling anymore and used to being networking for, uh, you know, a few days in a row, it's probably going to be exhausting to some degree, exhilarating and exhausting, depending on what type of personality you you might uh, you might have. But after a week of it, I think we're going to be kind of spent and be like, okay, we'll take a couple of days rest. But I think one of the, the ending bits and kind of one of the changes that's going on in the industry, I think, is kind of this push to, to digital a bit. Tom and I chatted a little bit on the last podcast and we'll talk more about kind of the the trends in, in currency itself or cash itself, that they're, they're still growing. So I'm not implying that it's going away here, but there's definitely been a a push to digitalize more and more payments that are out there. And digital currencies is kind of one of those areas that more and more central banks are looking at. So that's one of the things, and and you can talk, Jens a little bit about why we've decided to delve into this space, but we are going to add a digital currency day-long conference on at the end of that February event, if you have some thoughts on why why we're poking around that space all of a sudden. We launched our central bank payment conference five years ago because our tradition really in our
0: history is strong relationships with central banks around the world. We've been running cash conferences with them for more than 20 years now. And we felt that with that transition that's happening and and people moving from cash maybe into using uh, some digital payments as well for for different purposes, that uh, we needed to to be in that space as well. And central bank digital currency has always been one standing item on the agenda for those conferences. But what we've seen is we've, we've mostly discussed policy concerns in those conferences. So we talked about why would you want to have that uh, digital currency issued by a central bank, what risks does that bring with it, what opportunities, Um, but we really didn't delve into the technical aspects. So in that regard, it was like our currency conference, really focusing on policy and circulation issues. But we didn't have that equivalent to the banknote conference, which is really digging into the technical detail of how currencies being produced and have that equivalent for digital currency for central banks. And I think that's the the gap now we're trying to fill with this uh, digital currency conference that we're going to launch in February. And that will be interesting because what we see at the moment, that's my impression certainly, is people realize there's so much technology opportunities out there, so much functionality and ideas of what you could do with that technology, which needs to be understood. But at the same time that's sometimes a bit disjointed from the policy side. So the policy side is working towards one direction, the technology people work into another, and it doesn't necessarily come together. So I think it's important to combine both sides, look at both sides, and that should be really interesting.
2: I think so, and as you say, uh, there's been a lot of kind of push in that area um, you know in the in the past few few months or the past years even and, and and we've definitely seen the need for more of that discussion. And and Tom, I might slide you back here to get your thoughts a little bit on on what you're seeing in the, the digital currency space as, as well.
1: Certainly and we, we talked about it actually at one of your webinars really and the, talked about kind of the COVID impact and kind of this irrational fear of money. And that's a global thing. And the fact that consumers change their habits, the interesting part about that was it Didn't actually stop the demand for cash. Certainly not in the United States. It just stopped the way people were using it. So you know that was one piece of it. But the the digital transformation in from a consumer standpoint has been happening for years. COVID might have accelerated it a little bit. But digital payments have been on the rise. And you know I know it's a bad word a lot of times for folks in the cash industry, like all of us, uh, but the reality is that it's, it is happening. And there is also some crossover and misunderstandings of digital payments versus digital currency versus cryptocurrency. They're all very different, right? Digital payments sometimes still lead to cash. It's just the way that it, it happens. Cryptocurrency is not the same as the digital currency that most of the central banks are coming out with. So I can't wait to talk to the folks there and, and be a part of that conference because what i see today is and you know people often ask me about cryptocurrency and my background really is not about cryptocurrency about risk right managing your risk and you know some of the the unknowns but they cross over digital currency to crypto and i'm like no no no, no. <laughs> crypto decentralized this whole different piece it, you know crypto today is in the news right it's a hot news button bitcoin is through the roof these these really no-name small coins are through the roof is it a bubble I don't know, it could be. um, But that has literally nothing to do with digital payments. It's a completely different category. And then to add kind of confusion... You have digital payments in cryptocurrency. So I think there's a lot of misinformation. And I think when we we spoke, and I gosh, I don't remember when it was, but we were out in Chicago. We really were talking specific about cryptocurrency and some of the risks. And then people were like, well, what do you think about PayPal? And what do you think about Venmo? And I said, well, those are kind of like digitized credit cards. I said, that's not a cryptocurrency. So I think it's a real good topic. In that conference, central banks talking about digital currency. When the central bank's currency, it's going to be regulated. It is going to be centralized. It's just really you know, completely different. So it's a very exciting topic and I think um, it's timely. And I also think we have to be realistic in the cash industry to understand how do we manage cash today and support the consumer, support the banks, support the the cash intrinsic with information so that the decisions of what is going on happens. And you know, everybody talks about the cashless society and, and I go back to every example when it tries, it fails for a whole bunch of different reasons. So I don't think and I could be wrong that we'll ever be at cashless, at least not in our lifetime. But I certainly also coming out of the is digitization is real and it is accelerated because of COVID. And, and now marketing geniuses are saying, look, use PayPal, you can scan this QR code, you don't have to touch anybody, you don't have to touch money, you don't have to exchange anything, there's no receipts. So yeah, that's definitely part of it. But we also can't forget that a large percentage of the population globally is is unbanked and certainly in the United States. And then even more importantly, an even larger percentage doesn't have smartphones. Smartphones globally are still 60% penetration. That means 40% don't have a, a way to use this. Digital. So you know, all of those things are important topics. I'll leave back to you guys with this, the irrational fear of cash. Sometimes it's starting to translation to this irrational feel of digital payments is going to take cash out when it's really going to just change the consumer and change the way we shop today. And there's a generational piece to it. There is a cultural piece to it. Um, I travel globally, and I um, travel a lot pre-COVID. I don't see some in Germany. Do you think we're seeing digitization like we are? You know, here it's not happening. There's certain countries that if you went to, they would, they still are all paper. And then there are other countries that are not. It's very there's all of those things in the mix. And I often laugh when people, because I travel so much, say, "Well, in China, it's super digitized." And I said, until you go outside of the big cities and there's no way to even use it, I think all of those things are in play. And I'm super excited to be a part of a conference that really focuses on like what we're talking about in this podcast It's yeah, cash is king, but we're going to talk about currency and all its formats so that we can be prepared for the future.
0: And I think that's really the, the key word there, being prepared for the future. If you don't understand what's happening and how that will impact your cash business, You just get caught out at the end of the day, right? If if you're not prepared and you don't know what's coming, um, you'll you'll find some nasty surprises. And we have seen that in the industry where people were planning on historic performance didn't consider certain impacts like uh, contactless payments, for instance, impacting coin usage. Classic example, people don't necessarily have that on their radar. And that's definitely part of, of our role. And that's how we understand our role in this industry is to just highlight these developments and, and make people aware so they can draw their own conclusions. We're certainly not in the role of a harbinger of doom and saying cash is going to go away. We don't believe that either. Like, uh, we're at least not in our lifetime. We're going to see cash disappearing. We, we just need to understand how cash, cash usage is changing. And that we can certainly tell. People are using cash differently. Uh, we we see, definitely see this move during the pandemic from cash as a transactional tool into, uh, well, some say hoarding, but at least a contingency tool and having something available in case whatever. <laughs> Often I think that they don't even think through what
1: exactly that case might be, but they just want to be prepared. They want that ultimate tool that will always work regardless. You brought up such a great point about the contactless payment. The thing that I often talk about, and you know, we're in the protection. My my day job is the protection business. every time you add another digital piece to your footprint, you increase your digital risk, and it's not tangible. So, going to contact lists is a no-brainer. If you're a retailer and don't have the ability to collect a contact, you're l- missing out, right? You're losing a, but you now have a whole different risk portfolio to deal with. You have a whole new fraud portfolio to deal with. You have a no, whole new customer perception to deal with. It's about the evolution. You made the point of like, you have to think about all the things that come with it. How am I going to handle my cash today? What does it mean for my cash? Am I going to allow a contactless payment? Am I going to turn into an ATM? Or you know, do I realize the implications of being able to take a digital payment to give out? And everybody says, I sort of thought, oh yeah, we take debit cards. We know about giving cash back, but do you realize the rest the risk portfolio with contactless payment? And one of the biggest changes today is a year ago, all of the contactless payment people were were really pushing to get the, into the stores, into retailers. They were incentivizing, you know, zero fraud for the retailer. Now the, te- the pendulum swung the other way because the, now the consumer has the attention. So now the risk is dramatically different. The pendulum swung. Now the risk goes back to the retailer. Not It's off the consumer. It's off the payment provider. So there's so many different things that go into play. And then understanding that you know why it's so important to participate in conferences and networking together is listening to what other people's learnings are. Because to your point, the coin shortage, which could lead to a cash shortage, you don't know what you don't know. So all of these things are are hugely important. And I always say, especially around COVID, there were people that did things overnight, over a weekend that they were planning for years. And they're now that now a year later are faced with the repercussions of, wow, uh, we weren't prepared for our fraud numbers to be this way. We weren't prepared for our digital risk to change. We weren't, we didn't understand it. And it wasn't, my fault, it was them reactionary. But then we have a bunch of people that are going, yeah, I'm going cashless. And my my favorite example and is you know I when I went to Starbucks and I'm not a big Starbucks guy, but I went and I saw they weren't taking cash. I remember saying to my wife, this will be over in a week. Watch. No, no, no. And a week later, it was like, oh, we you know we made a mistake. And the whole thing was they flipped the switch overnight without really thinking through it. And I understand why, and I respect immensely why I know why they did it. Um, and I'm not sure that I would if I was sitting in their place. I wouldn't do the same thing because you're trying to keep people safe. But those decisions have long-term repercussions. And again, you also, you're a merchant. So you're, it's not just the customer facing thing. Uh, Wait till the next time you try to renegotiate a deal with a payment processor who goes like, yeah, I'm not, you know, I, I know you're, you're not in the same place. So, a lot of really really long term things. So the more we can talk about it and the more we can learn about it, you know, that that's that, that's my favorite part about going to conferences, to shows, to meetings is to hear what other people are are doing and then take as much away as I can and then share experiences that I've seen. So I'm glad you said like we know cash isn't isn't going away, but the evolution is real and putting, you know, putting the blinders on saying no, no, it's not happening doesn't solve it. So very exciting. And for everybody listening, I think who knows what February will be, but you know, whether what will be there, but the information will be available for sure. It's a miss if you don't get it, because if you're not part of the evolution, uh, you'll be the person trying to figure out where to get coin from. You'll be the person trying to figure out how to manage your fraud number. You'll be the person figuring out how to deal with hardware that you bought that is no longer supported. All those things are real things and I'm not saying it to be negative. I'm just saying it's the the world we live in.
2: It definitely is. And I think we're part of other initiative um that is it kind of blends into this topic it's universal access, universal to, payments. access to payments yes <laughs> universal access to payments um where it's all predicated on kind of exactly what you're talking about tom in terms of you know sleepwalking into a, a cashless society you can use that same terminology to sleepwalking into a digital payments landscape for a retailer that you might not be ready for it's it's what are all these implications that happen when you're rapidly responding to something um and as you say you know in and the time uh, it might make perfect sense to to do it, but you have to then figure out what your ramifications are and and what effects there are. So, so we've all Ian's talk about it, but maybe just a little bit on the the universal access to payments initiative because that's something from the central bank perspective that we're leading that kind of goes along the same. Same lines. Well, I'm happy to talk a little bit about that. And
0: it's something we've been working on now for quite a while, actually. And it, it started on the back of a, a study that was published in the UK called Access to Cash, um, which was looking at that problem of potentially sleepwalking into a cashless society. Because there were certain areas in the UK where you could already see that ATMs were being removed and it was getting harder to even withdraw cash from the bank because the next ATM would be so many miles down the road and that some retailers would start saying, oh no, we don't want to accept cash anymore. We only take digital payments. And uh, this initiative was kicked off and it wasn't kicked off by the central bank or the regulator anyone. It was uh, really outside of that uh, initiative saying we are now taking responsibility on behalf of the people. And part of the research they did was to look at how many people actually feel in the UK that they need cash. And they came back with a stunning number, which was 8 million people in the UK still feel that they would struggle if they had not had access to cash, which for a small country like the UK, that, that's a, a massive number. I think that was a bit of a wake-up call for people as well to see, we can't just let this develop in its own right and let the market regulate itself, because there are potentially 8 million people there who will be left behind in that process. And we then spent a lot of time actually with the people behind this initiative and thought about this is relevant really for so many other countries around the world too. But we were also interested in one point that uh, this study made and that was saying, whatever happens on the digital payment side also needs to be inclusive. So we can't just say, everybody needs to still have access to cash if they want it and if they need it. But we also need to make sure those people who want to use digital payments will also be able to do so. And, And Tom, you made the very valid point There's only 60-odd percent of people having a mobile phone. That's not good enough if your solutions rely on mobile technology. So you need to think about what other tools can you provide for those that do not have that ability. And there's so many other thresholds to overcome. So we we founded this initiative now together with a company called Enrio. They're good friends of ours. We've been working with them for a number of years. Uh, They were founded by David Hensley and David Fagelman, both of them work with uh, Cash Services UK on this access to cash study. And uh, we're now actually starting our first uh, couple of virtual workshops for now with the goal then to have a physical summit either late in this year or early next year. So uh, we're excited about this because it's not another conference where we exchange just information, but it's something where we really want to work together in a small group of people and countries on solutions. And make sure we, we define, understand the problems and define the solutions that will help managing these issues that we're, we're seeing.
2: No, it's exactly right. I mean, I think there's so many changes going on in the industry and you can, it's important as, as Tom said, and, and we definitely agree to get folks together at, at the conferences and talk about some of this stuff, but you can only kind of, you know, scratch the surface, start those discussions, start the networking, which is essential. Um, but then it's initiatives like this, this universal access to payments initiative where, you might actually be able to dig into it and make change and help people and you know further those discussions. And the industry will put some of these groups together and have to do some of this. And I think what we've seen here from the central bank perspective anyway, is that we can provide a little bit of that impetus to get people together it's it's a little harder for some sec- sectors of the cash cycle to form groups to do this and and we think we can we can help with that in this case it's looking looking good and similarly you know on the digital currency front like we were talking about you can't get into that enough just in a panel at a larger payments conference um, so that's where we're thinking okay now we see a need here to get the industry together for you know we're starting with a one-day event in February um it's, it's the first one we want to you know start start a little slow but we think that one one day will be really jam-packed, uh, really good content, and the thought is we'll we'll branch out from there in future years to be a little bit more than one day. But this is our our initial one. So anyway, that's uh, I know it's uh, getting getting late, Yen's, and uh, I I know especially for you over there. And we do promise on a future podcast that Yen's is going to mix us a few drinks. He's a uh, A mixologist as well as our our fearless leader here at currency research so we'll look forward to a, a cocktail tasting on a future podcast but thanks for for joining us for the past bit talking about what's going on it's definitely enlightening and And great, Tom, I'll kick it back to you for for a little bit here.
1: Yeah, Jen, thanks so much for coming on. And and I think, uh, you know, we've taped a few of these podcasts, but the podcast is really about all of the things we just talked about. So if you're interested in being a guest and coming on and talking about something, by all means, uh, reach out to myself, Sean, our uh, producer, Kim Scott, and we'll get you on. This really is about delivering information. And this is just another form of networking and getting that information out there about what's going on in the industry Um, some of the hot topics, some of the topics that are a little bit sticky to talk about. And even some of the solutions that are out there, we really wanted this to be all about currency and and cash. And I appreciate everybody listening. Thank you, Kim Scott, to our producer, Sean. Thank you as always. And gents, thank you so much for coming in. We are definitely going to have you back to have a little fun and we'll have a cocktail and it'll be great fun. Be sure to like, subscribe, Uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find this podcast and uh, hopefully we'll all see you soon. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Cash News Podcast. We hope you found this
0: episode insightful. Don't forget to like and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter, and be sure to visit us at thecashnews.com to stay up to date with the latest on the world of cash.
1: Thanks again for listening to the Cash News Podcast.